0: Welcome to Drink This Beer, a show dedicated to craft beer and the people who
1: make it. Each episode, we'll get the stories behind the brews you love. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Yeah, what's
0: wrong with the beer we got? And welcome to Drink This Beer. It's the podcast that talks to the brewers around the country and around the world who make the beer you love to drink. I'm Aaron Williams. And I'm Tim Dennis, and this time we
2: are talking to unknown brewing founder Brad Schell. He's a native of Atlanta. Brad worked for Sweetwater Brewing, Rogue, and Terrapin before heading north to Charlotte. Definitely.
0: And he's brewed beer with scorpions and even some catnip, which I'm really kind of afraid of that one, but we'll talk about that later. Let's talk to the guy whose mission is to make good beer and to make Charlotte a little bit weird Brad Shelf, welcome to the show. Appreciate you joining us.
1: How's it going, guys?
2: Oh, good, man. Great. Good. You know, I'm going to jump way ahead because I didn't know about this scorpion beer that Aaron just mentioned. So what in the world did you do with scorpions?
1: Well, we uh, made a beer, and I'd probably pronounce it all wrong to this day, but it's uh, Lejornana de del Escorpión Fuego de Casa Cabra de la Muerta. Uh, sure. Really easy name to put on you the You know,
2: I, I think there's another beer with that name, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, You're we-
1: you going to see a soon with that, yes from those guys. Um, yeah, so we made a beer, and uh, it started off just kind of, we should make a, a lager. And then it rolled into, we should make a Mexican Imperial lager, which hasn't happened. Then it was like, well, we should put Serrano peppers in it. And then it was, we should put agave nectar in it. Then it was, but well, then we should put it in tequila barrels. Then it was, well, then we should have tequila worms. And then somehow that turned into, we should put one scorpion in one barrel to, well, that would just be lame. We should put 99 scorpions in it. And... <laughs> Supposedly, that made it better.
0: I'm sure. Okay.
2: Um, <laughs> Do you, Now, serious question. Is there any flavor or anything imparted by the scorpions?
1: Uh, Not really. Uh, okay. Some of the small ones, yes. The the big ones are pretty crunchy and a little bit salty. All right. Um, the small ones uh, are the little ones that you would put in like a little uh, prank lollipop that has a little scorpion in the middle. Right. We used about 80 of those, and then we used about 19 uh, giant jungle uh, scorpions, which are about the size of your open palm hand. Um, from tip of your birdie finger back to your wrist um, in size. Okay. And so uh, those were big enough that actually when we were done blowing, we actually got to suck the claw meat out of their claws. If they were so big.
2: I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> I had no idea that was an option. See, I used to keep weird exotic pets when I was a kid, okay. and I had uh, emperor scorpions, and they're these big black ones, probably about the size of the palm of your hand. And they do have some good size claws and pinchers on them. I just, I guess you can eat just about any animal. Um, how What was the meat like from the uh, scorpion claws?
1: Well, it's crazy. So uh, a scorpion, other than the tail, is pretty much just a crawfish as far as the way it looks. If you change the tail okay. of a scorpion to like a little lobster tail, it would damn near be a crawfish or a scorpion. So, But these are jungle scorpions from Thailand, somewhere way far from the ocean, yet they still had almost a fishy, crab-like taste, more of a, of a, of a chewier texture, but huh. that's because we boiled them for an hour. It had almost a a seafoodish taste, even though they were nowhere near the sea. So that was a, a weird experience.
0: At least it didn't taste like chicken, I guess. That's fascinating.
1: It did not taste like chicken.
0: <laughs> that after. is fascinating. You know what, no.
1: if, if, if nothing
0: else, I have learned what scorpions taste like, so I'm very I'm happy with that. Um, anyway, but, The whole
1: reason we do half of these beers is just because we don't know what to do. That's so awesome. Just, you just got to throw some scorpions in them.
0: That's fantastic. So, so Brad, uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, let's let's kind of rewind a little bit. How did you get started on this craft beer journey?
1: Uh, well, it was by accident. So I, uh, I flunked out of junior college and uh, was living on my girlfriend's couch just getting high and playing Xbox and uh, decided, you know, that I enjoyed my life. But her mom made me get a job uh, in Atlanta at a Tuesday morning, a decorative store, folding oh, TV yes. covers and listening to Michael Bolton. Um, not that there's anything wrong with any of that. Uh, but they said, Brad, we're going to make you a key holder here. And I'm like, no, nah, fuck this. I quit. Um, <laughs> I'm not the this journey Responsibility. I'm
2: having catalog. no part of this. <laughs>
0: exactly
1: they were going to trade on my red smock for a blue smock.
0: Oh, you don't like, want that. I'm
1: not, wearing, I'm not wearing the blue smock. That's not happening Tuesday morning. So uh I pretty much left there and went uh down the road and realized I'm pretty much going to lose my girlfriend's mom's couch and all all the accoutrement that goes with it. Uh and decided that I would uh go to this brewery just to open in Atlanta, just moved down the street from us, say so it had already been open for a while and uh started drinking there and it was back in the day it was like five dollars all you can drink and we were playing Frisbee in the parking lot and uh saw brewers in the background and they were, they got steam going and Ted Nugent strangleholds playing in the background. I'm like, Man, this is America. I'm on a job doing this. And about that time uh the head brewer Kev McNerney, came by and was like, You looking for a job? And I said, Yeah and he said, You look like you could sling kegs. I said, Sure. So uh at twenty one years old minimum wage I started at Sweetwater Brewing in Atlanta. On the night shift, uh, they'd bring kegs back, and I'd scrub all the old feathers and, and vomit off of kegs to get them ready for the next day's uh, keg runs. And I loved every minute of it.
2: That's awesome. Feathers and vomit. That's Who hasn't been there? No. Right? <laughs> so... I'm well, you never you.
1: know where kegs are coming back from, and you do it enough, and you're working a night shift, and you just kind of start looking at kegs, right. and you find like dead birds, tomatoes,
2: Yes. Feathers, I've seen some vomit. questionable things on return kegs it's, at breweries. It's Midtown yeah, on absolutely. a Wednesday, basically, yeah. is
0: what you're looking at, exactly.
2: You know, we've heard some great stories about the uh, foundings of Sweetwater, and just the people that have came there. There's a guy in Medellin, Colombia now. That started with the Sweetwater when their office was a trailer in the parking lot. You know, so it's just yeah. so many people kind of got their start here, uh, not just in Atlanta, but going all over the place. Sweetwater Brewery's been yeah, quite once a launching you move, pad. Once you
1: moved down there, and uh, we have, if you look back and find the old like 2001 or two or three Christmas uh, card, It's crazy to see all the faces. So you got you know me that goes to you know uh, unknown brewing company. You got Smith Matthews at Southbound. You've got Justin Stange went to Seventh Son. Adam uh, Bochamp uh, went uh, and started Creature. Creature Adam right, Bishop, yeah. Monday Night Brewing Company. Dan Baker now at Bold Missy. Was at Riverdog. Um, you know Kevin Lowe is one of you know head up guys up at BSG now. That whole crew is still you know it was it was like just one crew. Almost every person in that crew now owns runs. We're doing something badass in the brewing industry.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because that continues even to this day. It's almost like Sweetwater's an internship for, for folks who want to dr- yes. uh, do a do a craft beer thing in the southeast. Like right. Everyone seems to yes. come through there. Troy
2: yeah. is at, I believe, Troy Montrose, I believe, is at Crooked Stave yep. now. And Chris Meadows yep. is currently opening a brew pub in Knoxville, Tennessee. There you go. Crazy.
0: It's like Siebel East.
2: Civil East. <laughs> that's right. That's Good right. stuff, man. With a so... bunch of
0: dirty hippies it. Yeah. Way, but that's okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so, um, Unknown Brewing, um, what was the idea behind it, and how did it get started up there in Charlotte?
1: Well, so we moved out to the west coast in Oregon, and we were living out there, and it rained 300 days a year. My wife really loves her mother um, and wanted to get back to the south where we're from. So we want to get back to Atlanta, um, but we, we'd fly because of cheap tickets into Charlotte. My cousin has a house on Lake Norman. And we would stay with him, and we you know over three years of flying into Atlanta from Oregon, we kind of fell in love with Charlotte and fell in love with you know its location and how cool it was and its closeness to everything um We're three hours from the mountain or three hours from the coast, an hour and a half from the mountains near Greenville near Raleigh, you know, Virginia. I can still get Atlanta within about three hours, so we decided we want to open a brewery here um. You know, if you find my MySpace page from when I was, like, 21, I wrote on there, I will start my own brewery by the time I'm 30. Uh, we signed the lease on this building two weeks after my 30th birthday uh, here in Charlotte. So, That's a pretty good prediction, that man. Side. That's pretty solid. Yeah, just, you know, hard work and lots of drinking uh, got you there. But the unknown to us, we were at one night I was with some friends, and we were at a Waffle House, and I told them if we left right now, uh, we could be white water rafting on the Okoe River, and they're like, Oh, I don't know. I got to work tomorrow. You know, really, really lame things that you would say to someone. I got to go to my daughter's birthday party. I got this. And I'm starting things. I was like, Guys, life is more than the same thing that you do every single day. You have to just, you know, live without boundaries. You have to step into the unknown. And to me, this unknown calling is, it's always been part of my life, but I want to preach the calling of the unknown is just doing things that scare you, doing things that make you nervous, like, you know, don't follow the trendy, the chic, don't follow the herd, do, do what you do and, and every day look back on it in the unknown. So it's been our calling for four years now and we, we keep it up.
2: You know, I had, uh, in my early twenties, I had a friend wake up one Saturday morning early and look at me and said, man, I really wish I was sitting on the beach right now. Oddly enough, playing with some matchbox cars. And I said, well, <laughs> let's go then. So we, within an hour, were in the car headed from landlocked Arkansas to the Gulf Coast and uh, went to the unknown Gulf Coast and spent a weekend down there. So,
1: Did you take matchbox cars?
2: We did. I tell you, at 7 a.m. in the morning, we were sitting in the sand, and he's like, this is the greatest thing ever. And my 23-year-old buddy is rolling matchbox cars around on the sandy beaches of Biloxi, Mississippi.
0: <laughs> I like it.
1: LSD is wonderful. It's <laughs> it's a <hell> of a, <laughs> it's drugs are a Exactly.
0: So, so, so Brad, you uh, again, uh, Brad. you have uh, been quoted as saying, Charlotte needs to be a little bit more weird?" Uh, that you said it's kind of like a NASCAR, banking, Carolina Panthers type of uh, image. So, how are you guys helping to make Austin a little, or, or help make Charlotte a little more like Austin or Portland?
1: And, no, I don't think it needs to be Austin or Port Law. Charlotte has a great culture and a great flavor to it behind yeah. what it does. I just want to show that that fun underbelly of Charlotte. Uh, we do have banking industries and some other, uh, which we call white-collar industries. So it's hard sometimes to pull the tide down for, for some people in the city. And we want to be that place where people can come and let loose and let the tide down and just be people who can step into the unknown, as we say. So, our job is really just to bring the weird out. So, we have like a no pants bike ride through Charlotte in May where we ride in our underwear through the middle of the city. Um, Already. Like 100, 150 people. We just ride through town in bicycles, which, by the way, if you've never driven drunk in a bicycle in your underwear uh, through a town, it's it's wonderful. But really, I guess it'll be there hasn't? next time. I, who guess, hasn't,
0: I guess I'll have though. to come to Charlotte and do that
2: experience. That's what so that's, I call Sunday yeah. morning.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it's beautiful, but I mean, the whole point is, is is to bring out what's already there in Charlotte. Charlotte's got a great culture. Um, it's just bringing out the weird side of it. I mean, there's always the yin and yang of everything, and I don't know if I'm the yin or the yang or those two dots in the middle or the outer circle. But the point is just to be, you know, get the weird part of it out. I, I, I like the stranger side of life.
2: So what uh, what are you doing to make Charlotte more weird, other than scorpions Every- and naked bike rides?
1: Pantless, uh, rice.
2: Pantless. Pantless so is different. Yes. Next year, they've got to take it up a level. Listen, I mean, so. hey, yeah, you know, you do you. That's okay. So, but does uh, do you have others on this mission with you, Brad, to make Charlotte weird, or is this a solo mission? Uh, well, I mean, God, I hope it's
1: not a solo mission. I'll do it if I have to. <laughs> but I mean, there's people, there's people all around me that are trying. We're doing a whole mural project right now in Charlotte. We're trying to create murals and art and everything. We have the the Brewers Charity Championship with all of us and our local brewers are getting together to see who raises the most money. The loser has to wear a chicken suit on the corner of trade and try on and do the chicken dance all day. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's weird out there, and we're all just kind of trying to thrive this thing on. So the unknown, we're, we're you know, increasing weird, but we're always doing weird beers. Right now, I'm beer, uh, I brewed a beer a couple weeks ago with meteorites in it um, that just had to be done. Um, we have our strange brew contest every year where all the local breweries brew the strangest beers they can think of. Had that last weekend. We had uh, Elvis Presley impersonator wrestling out there. Um and a bunch of shenanigans took place at that thing. But uh, between that, the no pants bike ride, we shoot roaming candles off the building as much as humanly possible. You know, that's what we try to do to keep Charlotte weird, but just engage people any way we can to get them to loosen up and have a great time. We Brad,
2: need to get you to brew a collaboration with Melvin Brewing out I was just of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yes. Yeah, I do that with
1: those guys.
2: I forget his name. Are you familiar with them or any
0: of their insanity out there? Because it really sounds like you guys. I heard would of the click.
1: Break. I didn't know they were insane, but
0: insane sounds yeah. fun. No, we we talked to them a few months ago, and they were talking about trying to check out their t-shirt cannon by throwing pudding cups at people. Yogurt, yeah, yogurt <laughs> cups are yogurt cups? That's what yeah. it was. Yes. He
2: did tell us that loading yogurt cups into a t-shirt cannon makes quite a mess. <laughs> we, that's all we know about that. So yeah man
1: Mel- that, melvin seems like my kind of people i want to create and if i could have one moment of seriousness and i guess it's not even serious it's the the state of beer has become so cutthroat and so uh benevolent towards a certain culture that we've i hope we haven't lost track of the fact that we make rotten sugar water for a living that's amazing but at the same time we should have a lot of fun doing it and uh I see a lot of the cultures that that are out there, and it, it, it's not what I got into beer for. I want to be in the beer for. I mean, I don't think life has to be a Johnny Knoxville party, 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 party every day, but just the cut, cut side of cutting loose, letting loose, having fun with friends, the humor, the the camaraderie of beer, and it's still there everywhere. There's also a a a, a I don't know what you call it, something pervading into beer where it's it's becoming serious and serious, and I think it's the competition doing it, but. You know, I want to keep that that spirit alive that we've had at Sweetwater, that we had at Terry, but then we had at Rogue, and then and since the beginning of the craft movement, of just man, this is such a fun game. Let's all enjoy it every minute that we can.
0: Brad, I think that's a great point because you know you you kind of look at it sometimes, and and you almost feel like uh, craft beer is almost a lot of navel gazing, like wine is, you know, and they want to take it really seriously and they want to talk about terroir and like all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you're making a beverage that puts people together. They have a fun time. They have a couple of beers. We're hanging out. Maybe we're shooting a T-shirt cannon off with yogurt cups. I don't know. Maybe we're, maybe we're biking down the street uh, bottomless. But, uh, but no, at the, at the end of the day, it, it, it's beer, and I think it should be fun.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And there, there's both sides of everything. It's like, you know, you can talk about a steak if you're cooking a steak, and you can talk about the Maillard effect and reaction of the carbon as it glazes the skin. And you serve that steak, and that steak tastes awesome. Or you can go to your friend Reggie's house, and Reggie you know, drinks a lot of beer all day long, throws on a steak for 15 minutes, and it tastes just as good, and he never said any of that stuff. Heck yeah. So a, steak, a good steak is a good steak, no matter how you look at it. I would rather just go hang out with Reggie <laughs> <laughs> right. um, than to have to spend 30 minutes in a, in a science lesson, as long as the steak is good.
2: That makes sense. I, I tend to get a little science lesson-y sometimes. I, I think it's kind of my nature to get to geek out on some of that stuff. But you know what? You're right. Don't don't be too focused on that. Just enjoy kind of the fruits of the labor and and know that it is good. Right. Correct. Yeah.
1: Also, yeah. Well, I mean, we t- can, we and anybody can if you have to get scientific, I mean, we can talk about polyphenols and beta glucans and everything in between. But at the end of the day, it's really got to be about having fun and making a great product at the same time.
2: Absolutely. Now, speaking of uh, great products, we've had a blast kind of kicking this off crazy with you, but you're serious about your beer. So what kind of what's the philosophy on the brewing side and the beers that you like to put out uh, from unknown?
1: Yeah, I mean, the life philosophy, If you see me out in the world, I'm definitely pantsless, but in the back of the house, I see myself as more of a uh, you know, and I'm a Georgia Bulldog. So I hate saying this, but more of a Nick Saban where I'm just a hardcore coach, uh, in the back of the house, there's no games. I mean, I would never work for me. Uh, (laughs) that's for sure. I'm, I'm hardcore about the beer and nothing slides. I mean, nothing. I mean, if it's, you know, go up to a a valve and like, Hey, there's yeast at the bottom of that valve. It needs to be sprayed out. Like Brad, that tank is empty. Like it doesn't matter if the tank is empty or if it's a full tank, we treat every tank as, as the same tank that will be sprayed out. So we, uh, but but by doing this, we create a, a culture in the back of, of professionals uh, when we're on the clock and this this life of, you know, party hard off the clock. But on the clock, everyone there is willing to make beer. Everybody wants to make beer. Um, you know, we tell people that start there, they go, oh, I want to be a brewer. And go, okay, here's the – if you work for me, here's what's going to happen. You're going to start as a noob or, as I call him a fucking noob. You're going to spend five, six months sweeping trash, taking out trash old grain, if you get really good at that, and I mean really good at that, I'll let you shuffle cans on my can line. If you get really, really good at that, I'll let you scrub old yeast and hops out of a tank, and the best you'll ever be is carrying up and down the brew house all day, turning valves and carrying bags of grain. So that's as good as it gets in the brew world. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you want to do? And the people that go, yes, those are the guys for me.
0: Well, you recently hired or promoted Chris Wertman there to head brewer, and he was one of those guys that kind of started at the bottom and then he's up here. So um, what's that been like to kind of have someone else working with the brews, brews with you as well?
1: I mean, with my whole crew. So, I mean, we do three different states now. Our whole tap room, um, you know, I, we only usually give our barrel job. But we're a larger brewery now. And we're doing it all with just four guys in the back. And it's because every person in the back is so dedicated. You have me, you know, 13, 14 years of experience. You got Chris, 10-year Special Forces veteran, 13-year home brewer, uh, a graduate from App State um, as my head brewer, and then he spent a year, over a year and a half, training under me in, into our system before even taking that role on. Behind him, our are, are, uh, assistant brewer and seller uh, guy, Andy. And he's got a Siebel degree and ECU uh, brewing science degree right behind him. And then everybody behind him have all progressed through brewing brewing schools in uh, different trainings as well. So between five people, it's just a bunch of guys that are professional about what we do. But Chris has been awesome. I mean, he's the. Uh, He's the calm – I mean, if you like science, he's he's that guy on our team. For me, it's, you know, let's make some beer and throw a shit ton of hops in it. For him, it's, it's really looking down at the pHs and everything in between to make sure every batch is spot-on. So it's it's good to have both sides of it.
0: Well, if you're going to have a guy uh, be your head brewer, a Special Forces guy probably is a good one to have to get the details taken yeah, care you, of, right?
1: You can't trust those He's He's super quiet, and I never trust the quiet stuff <laughs> because you know they've been some
0: shit. Just let
2: him do his thing. Let him go. So leave him alone. So Now, your, uh, your beers, man. What are some of your most popular beers? We just started getting you here in the Atlanta area, I think about a year ago. A little more than maybe. a year ago, yeah. Is that yeah, I think right? So... Yeah. Uh, so what uh what are your expansion plans from there? Do you wanna, you know, grow across the country or just regionally?
1: Yeah, I mean for us we wanted to be in like a three or four hour circle of our brewery only. So I mean we come down to Atlanta and a little bit farther south to Macon is as far as we go south into the Virginia border. As far as north as we go, um, kind of just has it's more of a teardrop than a circle. But for right now, it's just that's our whole market. We want to do that, and we want to regrow our brand. So we're uh, we're putting six hundred thousand dollars into redoing our tap room, including a rooftop bar overlooking the city, all roll up doors, big circle bar, glass windows overlooking our brew facility. Um, we just started making craft ginger ale. We started making craft tonic, and then uh, we just uh, unleashed plans to start a craft distillery as well. Um, to start making, uh, that's right. watch, the, watch the liquor drip.
2: So what's uh, just to so, talk a little bit uh, about the distillery, so that's going to be called the Unknown Wooden Grain Project, is that right? Or is that working title there?
1: You guys have done your homework. Yeah, it's the uh, Unknown Wooden Grain Project, and this is just a, a continuation of my retarded mind that just keeps going on, is just that i got to keep moving in the, the direction of, of craft and doing things. So in my mind, I just keep moving up and trying new things. So the, the Wooden Grain Project is... We take rare woods and we take grains that are are weird grains or weird corns or different cereals of the world and try them with different types of barrels. So whether that be uh, virgin oaks or using uh, mahoganies or teaks or even going back to to barrels that we've used in beer, we're going to do a a strawberry sour gin. So it's been a a wine barrel used for two years to make strawberry sours out of it, Uh, putting crazy gins inside there and doing awesome botanicals and things with those as well.
0: That's interesting. And so, so, yeah, it's almost like you've got uh, – you say you've got a crazy queue uh, of things that you've kind of come up with. So is that kind of how you develop your recipes and just say, hey, let's, let's throw this against the wall and see if it works?
1: Yeah. The, the, like I said, I do have a crazy queue. I'm, in my head, I'm, I, everybody has to slow me down because I, I, I can pop off a new idea every single day. <laughs> but the problem is that you can only accomplish one out of every ten. And so everybody has to kind of filter my mind. And what I can really do is I argue my case. And if my employees argue me back hard enough, I probably got a good idea. So if they're like, oh, Brad, that's a great idea. I usually don't do it. If I come in and come up with a great idea and they argue me, I'm like, all right, I'm on to something now. These guys think it's going to be, we have Scotty at work and anything Scotty doesn't like, I know it's going to be a winner.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. Poor Scotty.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like, I don't know, Brad. I don't know if anybody will ever drink a beer with, with catnip in it. I'm like. All right, I'm totally making a beer with cat now. Got to make it now.
2: So what, uh, what flavor? Because uh, talking about your uh, kitten snuggles there, is that right?
1: Yeah. Uh, we've been making a bunch of crazy beers, including the scorpion beer and kitten snuggles, and our dirty commie heathen is our uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, our bright-ass tank tops is the key lime ghost that everybody's been liking.
2: Everybody's
1: on that haze craze, so we're late to the game. But we did our uh, gamble everything, kind of hazy, double dry hopped uh, IPA been i'm actually drinking one right now while we're talking uh but every year or so we, we do a release of something weird we try to do something as much as possible and we were in portland and uh we saw that uh these people were having the, the little cat clubs where you could rent a cat and just sit with a cat and it, mind you it just blew my mind at the time this was you did know, you just say ago, cat rentals <laughs> Yeah, I, like a pair of bowling shoes, and you just take All them, right. and they spray the cat down with, a, with disinfectant, and you can sit there with a, with a cat and catch up on your Reddit.
2: That's a good idea. But I mean, cat, but i mean, uh, well, I got to admit, mad. that is a business model I never would have thought of, That's so true. someone's got that covered now.
1: Seriously, and it works, because there's a lot of apartments where people actually can't own cats or animals, so if you're a cat lover, it gives you a chance to put on a nice sweater, Um you know, go downstairs and play with a cat.
2: What do you do so for a I living? With I'm in the, the cat like leasing <laughs> business.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh so we made a, a an all bread beer with uh we used uh fuzzy apricots, milk sugar, um and did this big beautiful wild ale with 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 bread and wild yeast, apricots, milk sugar, just beautiful and then we uh dry hot to a cadnip
0: so 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 is catnip part of the hop family because I mean i i I'm, I'm a dog person' I'm not a cat person but it almost seems like it would be almost like a like in that genre
1: no it's uh I mean it so you're right lupulin has that kind of calming effect on you and so yeah. well I didn't realize is that catnip wasn't catnip before catnip and I said three times in a row but catnip back in the day and this is all according to Wikipedia uh, is that catnip back in the day was Actually, uh, they made teas for people back in the seventeen, eighteen hundreds to drink and calming, almost like a St. John's wort. And so they would take this and steep their tea in it and drink this to calm down. And they looked over and like, hey, man, look at that cat. It's getting all messed up on our green tea. We, <laughs> should, we should call it catnip. That's awesome. And boom, it's, now it's catnip and not that. So if you drink it, it's very earthy, uh, almost sweet tea-like. Um, so using that as a late addition, you get all those kind of botanicals and aromas without getting the bitterness of catnip to it. Um and that just worked really, really well with the, the, the earthiness of the bread, worked really well with the apricot. You have that sweetness of milk sugar that kinda of blends it all together and makes it you know, cat crazy. And then across the the label we just got kitties on kitties on kittens. Um we even made a crazy cat calendar uh with brewers doing sexy poses with kittens.
0: That's a beautiful so picture of cute. you by the way. I've seen it. It's um it's Tim shaking his head. I think it's just. It's what is wonderful. wrong with it's you, me, Brad? What are you doing over and, there? Me
1: and satin. <laughs> me and satin pajamas with six kittens around the satin <laughs> sheets with feathers going all around us. As I'm giving that cold blue steel to the camera,
2: bringing the hotness, Brad.
1: Well, <laughs> do it.
0: well, hey, Brad. We don't want to take too much, take up too much for your time. Uh, what? Uh, how can people kind of get a hold and uh, stay in touch with with unknown uh, for for you guys?
1: Man. First of all, listen to this podcast. That's a great way to do it. I like Um, that. Secondly, go to the uh, uh, unknownbrewing.com or unknownbrewing on Facebook, unknownbrewing on Twitter, the unknown Brad, the unknown Scotty, uh, or come to Charlotte and drink beer and shoot Roman candles with me. I mean, that's always fun.
0: If that's an invitation, I think Tim and I are there.
2: We do need to do a Charlotte run. There's a lot of stuff up there we need to check out.
1: And we will shoot stuff at each other.
0: Definitely. We got to hang out with the Cheer Charlotte crowd, too, so we got to hang out with those guys.
1: Yeah, those are good people. Definitely. Celebrate... a big landmark 200th episode, I believe, coming up soon, so cheers to those guys. Excellent. That's,
2: that's fun because our other show, Beer Guys Radio, we hit our 100th episode in like two weeks. So they're they're uh, they're 100 ahead of us there.
1: Darn I mean, you've got another two weeks to really you know put the foot down to the metal. Just fire it. 100 shows
0: in two show. weeks done. We'll 100 do shows. <laughs> Excellent. <Cool.
1: laughs> well, the Brad... marathon begins.
0: Definitely. Brad, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on Drink This Beer. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening to Drink This Beer. Be sure to subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to follow us, we're The Beer Guys, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all the other socials for the latest news and happenings in the beer world. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you again soon. Don't forget, drink local. Cheers.
1: Thanks for listening to Drink This Beer. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. More beer stories? Head to beerguysradio.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Want more craft beer news? Listen to the Beer Guys Radio Show, available every Saturday morning. Drink this beer, produced and developed by Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams, part of the Beer Guys Media Radio Network, beerguysradio.com.